Hi guys, and welcome to Weird Parents, the podcast where we talk about how weird it is being parents. My name's Sammy, I'm over on Instagram at poppunkpetsandparenthood, and I'm here today joined by my lovely husband, Coop. Yo! You're always so dramatic when you say hello. I know, just just trying to pick up the energy, because you're very, like, in the evenings, very... Chill. Tired. <laughs> yeah, chill is the word. Chill. <laughs> How are you feeling today, Sammy? I'm feeling not too bad. Still bunged up, as people can probably hear, but I'm doing all right. What about you? Yeah. Haven't spoken to you all day. I know. This is the first time we've spoken properly. It is. On mic. On mic. Yep. Yeah. Today we're talking about how to reduce your impact on the environment. Um, we've also got a guest towards the end of this episode. Um, her name is Holly, also known as at Rainbow Adventures on Instagram. Um, and she kind of takes us through her, I guess, journey as a yeah. zero waste shopper. Um, and also on how she has helped reduce her impact on the environment over the years. Yeah. So I know Holly through Instagram. Um, I've spoken to her quite a few times and her and another Instagrammer, um, Sarah, who is at, uh, Earth Punk Mama on Instagram um, do really great photo challenges quite frequently in the year um, that are always brilliant and sort of help you uh, think of new ideas for making more sustainable switches. So yeah, I've spoken to them a couple of times, but Holly is absolutely lovely. So we were really, really excited to have her on the pod, weren't we? She's a good egg. She's a good egg. <laughs> <laughs> she was also a good egg because of the uh, technical issues we had. Um, yeah. It's funny because we did the guest spot, but at the same time I was trying to juggle B yeah. as well as the new puppy who's yeah. currently, she's asleep on the floor at the moment. Yeah. And, and also even right now while we're recording, we're just, we're just keeping one eye out because Luna the cat has come down while the puppy's asleep and she's sat on the sofa just watching the puppy sleep. Um, this is probably the closest they've been in the whole well yeah pretty much the, the whole entire time. time isn't it so hopefully this is a an improvement but if suddenly you hear absolute chaos in the background the puppy's woken up <laughs> <laughs> the puppy so last week we said we didn't have a name yet for the puppy mm-hmm. um we'd literally only just got her i think it was that day that we recorded it yeah the results are in um we had lots of good suggestions there was Buffy flying around. Yep. What I love that one. That was a good one, wasn't it? Especially was... as I'm binge-watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which, by the way, I've gotten quite a few people on Instagram into again because I pointed out that it was on Disney+. Plus. Ah. So, yeah, shout-out to myself there. Um, <laughs> another top contender was calling it Polysci Alex. That was not a, type, a top contender. <laughs> that was what Alex suggested after his guest spot last week. <laughs> <laughs> goodness sake but no her name has been decided shall i do a drum roll go on it's winnie winnie the puppy winnie the puppy short for winifred from hocus pocus i've decided your mum chose that name didn't she she did she came up with that name and it was a very good one and i like it we just looked her in the face and we were like she's you're a, a winnie. winnie yeah you're a winnie definitely and b calls her winnie <laughs> she's really cute Considering she barely says any words at all, yeah, she's picked up the puppy's name in an instant, which yeah. is lovely. Luna's still just cat. <laughs> yeah. So last week we um we had Alex on, 
um, from the Zeitgeist Lab Collections podcast. Um, that was real fun. We can't wait to have him on again yeah, in the great. future. Well, while we were talking to Alex, um, there was something that I forgot to mention, which I'm kind of glad that I didn't bring up then. But I remember listening to his episode about the band Hello Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Um, who did that really popular song that sounds a bit like this. Um, and I completely forgot that back in the day, Sammy, yeah. our band covered, covered that it. song. Yeah, I was about to say we covered yeah. it. Yeah, so I was. I remember listening to that episode on Alex's podcast about that song. I think I still remember all the words. Trying not to, like, cringe because they were looking for covers of that song. <gasps> so they could have very easily found our, our band covering it on YouTube. No, we're not on YouTube covering we are. are we? We are. What, long-haired 16-year-old us? Well, we're about 18. It was, when we, it was when we were supporting... <laughs> we, we knew better. <laughs> we were supporting the Dangerous Summer. Can you hear me? Well, I don't even care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, they didn't find it, but it sounds like this. history right there it's, sammy it needs deleting from my memory and the internet well i, d- I completely forgot it existed but my brother took a video of us <sighs> and uploaded it and we also cover damn it on the end of that video as well great <laughs> that sounds like this oh for god's sake <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. So for those of you that don't know, me and Sammy used to be in a band. Uh, we were called Alternate Function. Oh, is this the way I should have done this? Oh, is there no way I could have changed it? You wanted Why didn't you enjoy being in the band, Sammy? I just found it very stressful, didn't I? Because... I don't know, you you get so into it. You were so into it and so like, I've got to get this done and we've got to get, you know, got to write this song, all of that. And for me, I was just like, I just want to turn up and have a bit of fun. I mean, that's what anyone wants to do in a band, isn't it? Just turn up and play. But how annoying were me and Luke? Every band You and Tom. Oh, me and Tom. And Luke. Luke was good. Yeah, but you three... Me and Luke were the drivers. No, see, you I and would Tom always think when, yeah, but whenever, you, but whenever you guys were doing guitar, me and Luke would just be like. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's your week been, Sammy? You got into an altercation, an altercation. didn't you, with a, a BMW driver the other day? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I had the dog in the car as well, so I was really not happy. Yeah. What happened? And you were at a traffic light or something? I was at a um where a lane merges two lanes merge into one and the gentleman in front of me stops um to let somebody go into a a road off the side to a side road and in my mirror i can see this bmw driver zooming up the road behind me overtakes a load of cars cuts them up and then slams his brakes on because obviously he can see that i'm at a standstill to for the person in front to stop to let that person in and um he starts beeping his horn and I, me being me, 
did a couple of hand gestures. He does a couple <laughs> of hand gestures back. I was like, what is your problem, you absolute bellend? And I was annoyed because if he'd gone into the boot of the car, the dog was in the boot of the car. Oh. I know. So he pulls up alongside me and he's screaming and shouting. And I think he wasn't expecting me to wheel my window down <laughs> in retaliation. And I wheel my window down and I just go, you were so far up my ass. What the hell were you doing? You nearly hit me. And he stopped his screaming and went, oh, I, wasn't, I wasn't even beeping at you. And I went, who are you beeping at then? And he went, I was beeping at the person in front of you that suddenly stopped to let someone go into a side road. And I said, which they're entitled to do. And he stopped with plenty of time and space. And I didn't go up, up his ass. And he went, oh, well, you're obviously a shit driver too then. <laughs> and sped off. <laughs> and sped off. And I was like, sir, who pissed on your cornflakes this morning? <laughs> Why are you so grumpy? The universe pissed on his cornflakes. Oh. He probably pissed on his own cornflakes. He sounds like he pissed on his own cornflakes. <laughs> but it makes a nice change. It was me with the altercation and not you. Yeah. There like were no Sam- teenagers involved. Yeah, Sammy's <laughs> shouting at the public rather than me. I had another one on the way home today, actually. Did you? Yeah. Fighting? Yeah. A lady... No, it was the same place again. Merging. Um, I was in the left lane and, you know, the two lanes merge together and I start merging and the person on the right got annoyed because I didn't stop to let her go in front of me. I was in front of her, so I carried on, and then she's beeping and everything, and I was just like, you, when you merge, you merge into the available space, correct? Yeah, you do. Yeah. So if there's no available space in front of me, the next available space is behind me. But yes, that was another BMW driver. I'm really sorry if anybody drives a BMW, by the way. I'm not sorry. A large percentage of BMW drivers are a bit knobbish. A bit. A bit. Quite knobbish. So yes, but I didn't shout at the, Well, I did. I did hand gesture this one as well, but I didn't actually wheel my window down and shout at this one. No, you didn't get your knuckle duster out. Knuckle duster. <laughs> yeah, I keep, I keep it in my like, little drinks area. And put your rings car. on. Take my rings off, turn my earrings out. All right, let's go. So today we're talking about how to reduce your impact on the environment. Um, and I guess a quick disclaimer before we do do that. I mean, at the end of the day, guys, we are stuck in a capitalist system that Uh makes things like this really hard. Uh, So much so that, you know, businesses and uh, people, they actually profit off harming the environment. There's like very little incentive to actually help the environment in the short term. Yeah. Um, So things like mass production of animals and farming, Mm -hmm. oil drilling, Mm -hmm. um, plastic waste and mass waste, like fishing waste. Yeah. It's, you know, they're incentivized to um, do these things because of the system that we live in. So this isn't us finger pointing today saying that you must do this. This is more people have got to start somewhere. The boulder, yeah. the boulder has got to start rolling at some point. Yeah. And people run businesses. So if we're all thinking about our attitudes and our, I guess, mindset towards the environment. Uh-huh this is kind of like a place to start for us. We're, we're at the beginning of this change in society. Um, and this change is as like a mainstream mindset. Yeah. So this, this conversation is around that, but I did want to just put that disclaimer there that, you know, if people are trying to make you feel guilty for this kind of thing, they don't really understand the problem. And that the problem is that we're all stuck in this system together. Mm -hmm. So until that main system changes, um, there's a lot of hard work to do, I guess, before that. Yeah, I think it's as we've mentioned before, haven't we? That it's, you know, yes, there are 
bigger problems as it as it were but it doesn't mean that you yourself can't start changing or consider different changes but at the same time as you say you don't need to feel guilty for not being quote unquote eco-perfect because we as you say we live in a society where it is near enough impossible to be eco-perfect um but it does come down to supply and demand at the end of the day for a lot of things doesn't it exactly yeah i mean so much so that uh, the extinction rebellion process started this week mm-hmm. um and i remember all the the right-wing media have already started of course. um saying things like they're threatening the nation's way of living and um yeah they're kind of causing disruption which they are and to bring awareness to to the issue um and also because no one's taking the action at an individual level so this is the start of that actually happening Mm -hmm. and yes there are people's lives that are being affected and livelihoods which is a criticism at people probably from working class backgrounds where you know for example taxis are getting blocked by them doing their um demonstrations in Mm -hmm. london and stuff like that but there is no time left for Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff and for the tide to turn yeah i guess they should be doing this at the politicians houses and stuff which I know they are doing it in Whitehall and and in front of a lot of financial institutions, but at the same time, we're out of options, I think. Yeah, it's an important thing. And also, you know, I get it with people, as you say, like taxi drivers as an example, that you're potentially, you know, preventing them from, you know, going through and stuff. But to me, it's no different than like the London Marathon. It's no different. Yeah, it's been planned for months. It's been planned. And also, it's an important topic Maybe if people listened, it wouldn't need to happen. It's the way I'm seeing it almost is like the suffragette movement yeah. or the suffragist movement. Yeah. Both of them. It, yes, it's causing discomfort and it's causing but it unrest. Needs, it needs to happen. But it, it needs to happen. And unfortunately, not a lot of us are privileged enough to be able to go to those protests. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all got jobs and we've all got lives. Kids, a lot and of us kids. kids. <laughs> um, so I'm thankful that people are doing it. Yeah. One of the biggest things, I guess, is that our country isn't prepared for like a wrong timetable or like a drop of snow. No. So we're definitely not going to be ready for full scale climate emergency. Nope. You know, it, it in the next 50 years or 100 years or whatever it is, it's going to be like a whole World War Two kind of situation where... Um, we're going to have mass uh, migration of people from different countries to more temperate climates. We're going to have shortages of all kinds. Mm-hmm. There's a kind of a whole thing of suffering that is going to happen unless we start to take these actions and instill them also in our children. Yeah. Also p- more pandemics. More pandemics, especially with, you know, the COVID is a zoonotic mm-hmm. Um, disease it, yeah. it started in animals animals exactly in any zoonotic disease the way zoonotic diseases sort of come about and cause problems and are more like are more likely to become a problem is the more contact humans have with animals well we eat meat we eat a lot of meat we don't just eat the occasional bit of meat here and there or you know on small private farms and things like that we do consume a lot of meat and if that sort of 
if meat is required in that amount, welfare will go down, husbandry will go down, like the animals are not looked after and therefore they get sick. And then the more contact... And stressed. And stressed, exactly. Stress is another big factor. And then the more contact that humans have with these animals, the more likely diseases are to jump species. So... Yes, okay, we know we know where COVID came from. We don't need to mention it. But it is a, believed to have originated in a wet market, which, again, is poorly cared for animals in contact with humans. I mean, not much different from industrial-sized farms. No, ham, foot and mouth. I like to remind people of that one. Because mad cow disease. Mad cow disease. You know, TB. All of these are... Zoonotic, and to be honest, most of them will probably have jumped species because of our way of living. We're not supposed to, you know, mass produce these animals and mass kill them either. We're not supposed to. But yeah, it's all important stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a bit of the doom and gloom. Yeah. But what we want to talk about today is the stuff that is in our control, um, and that is, you know, your lifestyle is in your control largely. Um, we can worry about the actual emergency going on with the the whole climate changing and warming up, um, us having warmer winters, having more rainfall, having much warmer summers um, across the globe. But there is stuff that, you know, at an individual level that you can do to change your relationship with nature and with the environment Mm -hmm. um, and the way you kind of look at it. Um, So I thought, you know, with... We're not experts and we hate giving advice, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. That's not what this podcast is about. Mm-hmm. We started it to talk about our experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we may get experts and stuff later on in the day to come and talk about this kind of stuff. But <laughs> if we can find any that want to talk to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If they want to come onto a, um, a show where we talk about poo poo and come a lot. <laughs> <laughs> took such a turn. The, the poo talk has... Oh, stepped up well has it <laughs> yeah on this pod we've talked a lot about poo well, i don't even know it's about poo anymore i mean in in oh, okay we'll refer back to the previous episode with blippy <laughs> making a poo log yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you know pooing on his friend oh literally gosh yeah so what we're going to talk about um is our i guess the ways that we have helped reduce our impact on the environment and change up our lifestyle slightly mm-hmm um, I think it was this year that the BBC said there's three main things that you can do. And, and these have kind of been um, found in a lot of reports um, on climate change. But the three quickest things that you can do are eat less meat and fish. Yeah. Because mass production farming is really harming the environment and deforesting areas. Yeah. The second thing is travel less by car and plane. Um, you know, plane flying especially is um, a massive carbon emitter mm-hmm. um, and people that take frequent flights have a massive carbon footprint, especially long haul flights. Um, and the third thing is, this one's, I guess, harder for a lot of people, but insulate your home yeah. um, and think about how your home uses energy. Definitely the hardest one with a lot of people not actually owning homes and it being up to their landlord. Um, but that's just something to think about. Um, but Thinking back to the way that me and Sammy have started to be a bit more eco-conscious. Yeah. The eating less meat and dairy thing. I mean, that's been a that's been a thing that we probably started about four or five years ago when... Just before we got married, actually, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. We started to 
dial back. We, we were only eating chicken at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were eating... Oh, we were still eating it for most dinners. Not, ne- not necessarily for lunch or for breakfast, but probably about three or four times a week. And then we'd have, you know, veggie meals in between. Yeah. That's like the whole flexitarian thing that started, wasn't it? Yeah. Just before we got married. Um, but then actually when you got pregnant... Mm-hmm. That's when you went off meat I went completely, off meat. didn't yeah, you? Yeah, it's weird. I just, especially chicken or any bird, like poultry. Mm. I couldn't, I just couldn't eat it. I couldn't eat it at all. We really struggled. Yeah, and that's when we, we really dialed back. Yeah, we really dialed back the meat eating mm. um, then. But at, at today's pace, um, we don't buy any meat from the supermarket anymore. Because, I mean, it's treated badly. Mm-hmm. The welfare of, of it is awful. Um, especially chickens and pigs. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can just do a bit of research online about how poorly those animals are treated. Yeah, and also make sure you actually look up the standards required to call something free range. You'll be uh, you'll be quite upset. Yeah, and it's 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 everywhere. It's in every supermarket, in every fast food chain. They all mm-hmm. kind of come from these massive, ridiculous farms where there are animals rotting on the floor. It's horrible. They're you know, in tiny little pens for their entire life. Yeah. If that isn't enough to make you think about, not necessarily becoming vegetarian, but just... Or vegan. But dialing back how much you eat, like... And just thinking about where where it comes from and how it lived its life as well. But, you know, we all have, like, we have slip-ups, don't we? Like, we every now and again get a takeaway, which we, you know, Pot Kettle Black were saying how, you know, bad that meat is. But I think it's not about perfectionism because that's impossible it's about being aware of your choices you know having what eating meat once or twice a week from a place that you know is good welfare and you can trace it back i mean we get our meat now directly from a butcher don't we yeah and you go to the local butcher and you've gone before where you've gone to pick something up and it's literally pulled up from the abattoir and they're like (laughs) yeah you can't you can't have it yet but it's not it's not been ready Mm. um you know that's completely different to just going and picking up sausages or something from the supermarket and be like no idea where they came from so eating less meat and also when b was born um we completely cut out dairy yeah because she had um cow milk protein allergy and she'd react through my milk as well um anyone that's followed me on instagram probably was aware of that journey that we had but um yes yeah, so i was dairy free up till hmm, how old was she just over a year so i did a whole year of no dairy which was hard because i I am a, I'm a sucker for dairy, aren't I? I yeah. love cheese. Um, but interestingly enough, since that, I can't have milk, can I? Straight milk. <laughs> Done it grooming. Do not give Sammy milk. Don't give me milk under any circumstances. I mean, speaking of poo-poo talk, do <laughs> not give Sammy milk. <laughs> do not give Sammy the milk or the poo-poos. Yeah. yeah. But I think milk milk's probably one of the easiest things you can cut out of your diet. There's because so many alternatives. The alternatives to milk, like we just have oat milk on everything. Uh-huh. And like we always look for when we're buying something, the ingredients, if it's got milk in it. It's but... fortified as well with the oat milk's fortified, the one that we pick, isn't it? So it's got added vitamins and calcium and stuff into it. Yeah. So, you know, you're not missing out on anything. That's the thing. Like once you cut it out, you honestly don't really think about it too much. Like nope. we never buy milk anymore. <laughs> nope. We literally don't. And then when people come over and say, have you got any milk? We're like, just oat milk. Yeah. At one point, it was literally like, would you like oat milk or breast milk? 
Everyone's like, have you not got any cow milk? We're like, nope. <laughs> These are your options. Yeah, don't come round if you want milk. I guess where we're actually going with this is like, there are alternatives to things like meat and dairy. Um, like, we eat a lot of mushrooms now. Oh, love instead a of mushroom. Meat. Like, if you're going to do a stir fry, just do mushrooms instead. How, or How much you, do I love mushrooms? Mushrooms are good. Like, they are, I wasn't a mushroom guy until I met Sammy. <laughs> you weren't a shroomy guy, were you? No. Now you're a fun guy. Oh, that was so... You just I'm not hi- I'm not high-fiving. High-fiving. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, I was well proud of myself. <laughs> that was so bad. I'm cringing. <laughs> He's a real fun guy. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a pun now, but I can't you think love, of you anything. Love, you love a mushroom. Yeah. Less stalk, no. more action. No, that, that was, was bad. Was, that was atrocious. Oh, I'm going to go out back and shoot myself yeah, in the head for that one. Yeah, that was atrocious. Get in the paddling pool and go under. <laughs> go on. What I'm saying is meat and dairy are the easiest things to get alternatives for. Yeah. Like dairy, just use oat milk or whatever milk you prefer. Mm-hmm. Oat milk has the, the best, you know... Um, eco-conscious mm. sustainability rating again just make sure whatever you're getting you just research that they're getting those oats in a sustainable fashion because i know there was some drama recently um with a certain company where they were actually uh not growing the oats in a good way and it was not a sustainable way yes so just make sure the company that you do choose is um is a good egg because the other th- problem you have i mean god this is this is a whole other issue isn't it is greenwashing Mm. Um, with certain things and some of the meat alternatives as well. There's a couple of greenwashy things where, you know, they use buzzwords like eco-friendly or green or sustainable, but there isn't really any legal reason for them not to say that if it's not true. So definitely just make sure you're researching where your stuff comes from. Um, There's a lot of companies that do stuff like that as well. Even, you know, I can think of skincare companies that use sort of the green colours, don't they? You've worked in marketing, you know what it's like. Just slap a green thing, bit of brown packaging. Say People eco. think it's yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. And then you read the packet and it's like, oh, can't even be recycled. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um another thing that we've done is massively reduced our landfill and plastic waste. Like I mean like any family in the UK and probably around the world, when you go to the supermarket you come back with like a whole load of plastic mm-hmm. especially that kind of single use stuff that can't be recycled or that you know that kind of really thin stuff that you just peel off and chuck it straight in the bin mm. like i think i said in the pre in the eco swaps episode that at the moment our refuse black bin bag we probably change once every two weeks and yeah. even then it's never really that full which blew my parents' minds today when I told them that. Did Guess it? how many times a week they change theirs? No idea. Two to three times a week. Two to three times? Yeah. So the bin man comes once every two weeks for us, uh-huh. and there's usually one bin bag in there. Yeah. Dad said Sometimes two, less. Dad, Dad said two to three times a week. Mum was like, no, maybe more two. So they get four or five black bin bags, and they've got a bigger bin than us. Mm-hmm. Ours is tiny. Mm-hmm. So they've probably got four or five bin bags every two weeks. Yep. Going out. Yep. Wow. So yeah, we're, we're like math, like just from being conscious about it and really reducing it as much as we can. Yeah, recycling isn't great. Um, there's all the stuff in the news about where the fuck does recycling actually go? Yeah. Does it just get shipped off to other countries, whatever? Um, but 
that's again another system that we can't change um at least we're i guess making the effort to do something and not mm. just chucking it straight into landfill i think recycling and anything that calls itself biodegradable are the two big things aren't they yeah where it's like where does it actually go and what actually happens to it because we know scientifically that anything that's biodegradable it needs to have the right environment in order to biodegrade well if it's going on to landfill anyway it's not going to get the oxygen it needs to biodegrade so it's just still going to sit there so yeah that's i guess that leads on to the next one for us is we compost a lot of stuff Mm. oh you love your bin yeah so at the moment we've got one compost bin probably need two or three um (sighs) but i do use the compost obviously for the vegetables and the garden and stuff like that but um all our food scraps mostly go in there Mm -hmm. unless it's meat or um you know anything that you shouldn't put in a compost bin because it like or it'll attract pests and rats and shit you're like a little wizard out there aren't you with your stick giving it a mix like it's a cold <laughs> and you're like no we can't have that it's too acidic but yeah composting honestly if you have if you have the space for a compost bin in your garden you need to get on that because it helps all the soil when you use it you can grow amazing plants with it the grass around our compost bin oh is so God, ridiculously it's like thick <laughs> it's ridiculous um i definitely recommend it we've got a potato plant growing out of it yeah oh yeah potato sometimes onions grow out of it because of old onion seed that i've chucked in there but <laughs> yeah get rid of that <laughs> um another one that we did initially to save money but i guess is is an option for some people now that they work from home we went down to one car. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We had two cars for, what, the whole time that we've been driving. Uh-huh. Um, but now I work from home pretty much five days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, got rid of the car. Yeah. That's one less finance deal to worry about. And it's not been too much of a hassle, has it, actually? We've, we've coped. No, it's, I mean, you just have to plan your journeys a bit more. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I love walking. I walk everywhere. I barely drove when I had the car, especially when I was working from home five days a week. Um, I probably used the car once a week. Mm, you literally did. Um, so, yeah, going down to one car, that was one of the biggest things that we made in terms of travel. Mm. Um, but things like I used to run to work because my work's only about three miles away. Well, it's about four miles, actually. But I used to run to work in the morning or get the bus. Yeah. The bus is your friend. You love the bus. B loves the bus. <laughs> oh taking the kids on the bus is amazing because they love it absolutely love it b loves the bus drek and puppy will like the bus the dogs loud on buses yeah i think Hmm. don't know question for the listeners there i should know this i don't are dogs loud on buses anyone and i guess the last one for us is that we reject um unsustainable brands um and we, I guess we we spent a lot of time over the years thinking about the brands that we bring into the house and their impact on the environment. Um, there are some big ones out there, but straight away, you can get small business alternatives right away or local alternatives in some cases. Um, the Amazon thing's a great a great example that there's not many products that are exclusively on Amazon. If yeah. you find something you like, you can usually just type it in on on Google and find that brand and get it for the same price. Yeah, in I most d- cases, I'll sometimes what I'll do as well is I'll look stuff up on Amazon and then I'll see if I can get it on Etsy, like made by someone. Um, and actually, half of the time that I've done that, the actual products are so much nicer. Like they look so much nicer, and you can just see the effort and time that's been put into them. So yeah, 
That's another thing you can do. And I guess what we mean by unsustainable brands are brands that rack up a lot of air miles. Yeah. Trying to get that product to you or to your house. Cheaply made. Cheaply made that don't last. And you might potentially have to buy a new one in in like however amount of time. Like if you're going to buy something and it's just going to break in a year. Yeah, it's pointless. Also that they don't pay their workers or staff fairly. I think we mentioned before certain, you know, with fast fashion in particular, you know, if you're able to get a piece of clothing for a penny or 99p, you know that the workers have been paid nothing. And it's just, yeah, that's not really sustainable. That's all the kind of stuff that we, we've we done over the years. And it's not like suddenly there was a... a f- Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really blocked. That's all the kind of stuff that we've done. You did it again. Did I? Yeah. I can't hear either because of my ears. You're just blowing right into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm leaving that no. in. No. <laughs> Don't. I've got sinus pain in this now. I've nose. got sinus I pain. I do. I've had sinus so- pain. Is that I've- Sammy Sam coming back? <laughs> <laughs> I've had sinus pain all week. Okay. My left nostril is very sore. Go on, I won't snort. So those are some of the ways that we um, have changed up our lifestyle in the last, what, four or five years. Yeah. It wasn't like a switch that we just flicked one day. It was um, kind of a long process of thinking about consciously what we're buying um, and also the way that we kind of interact with the environment. Yeah. Um, and there's still lots of things that we can do. We'd like, we're nowhere near. We'd all we've done really is those five things. If I could think, um, just starting to think about it a bit more. Yeah. Becoming parents definitely gave us the kick up the bum, didn't it? hundred percent, hundred percent. It really changes your perspective on a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but I was going to very quickly talk as well about some of the things that we want to do in the future. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest ones I know for you is that you want to do more zero waste and loose shopping yes so badly i really want to do some loose shopping and there's a couple in our area where you can go in with your jars Mm -hmm. or with your bags or whatever and fill up you know loose rice loose pasta loose um chickpeas all that kind of stuff yeah um where you're not buying that stupid plastic packaging that everything comes in that just goes straight in the bin as soon as you're done with it Mm -hmm. um we are lucky there's quite a few around our area that they've sort of popped up recently, haven't they? Yeah, and a lot of them are starting to do the online thing where you yeah, can actually order online to get it sent to you or to go pick up. Yeah, because unfortunately where we are as well, um, a lot of these places are on like high streets or on main roads, aren't they? Yeah. And other mums will know it's a faff to park on a road when you've got a toddler or to get out of the car. It's just like you'd much rather be able to go somewhere to get out of the car and put little one in and out of the car safely. So, yeah, it's great that they've started doing delivery. Holly in her guest spot talks a little bit about how she involves the kids um, with her zero-waste shopping, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Next one for me is... We are flexitarian, if you want to call it that as a buzzword. Um, (laughs) I like that. I I do want to eat more vegan at some point. I know we do a lot of vegetarian meals, but I think it's the eggs that we're we're finding really hard to cut out yeah we do get free range organic eggs from the supermarket um or when your mum's friend has her eggs eggs. has her eggs yeah um but actually cutting out that 
that kind of um, animal product at some point would be nice, um, yeah. at least for X amount of times during the week. Yeah, because we've even said, haven't we, that if we ever moved and had some land, have some land, <laughs> some land, um, you know, we'd have our own chickens. I'd always, I really want to rescue some battery hens. Yeah. My house is just going to be a menagerie, isn't it? <laughs> finally have Puppies a and kittens and chickens. chickens. Yeah. Budgies. Budgies. Oh, I miss my budgie. <laughs> the thing about being vegan is that a lot of cultures around the world, they're not 100% vegan, but in places like India, they eat vegan most of the week or most yeah. of their time. Um, I worked with a lot of um, Indian guys um, at work um, who are all developers on our side. Um, and pretty much, I want to say 90% of the food they eat is vegan. That's interesting, isn't it? Um, and they're all kind of from the same area near Bangalore. Um, and then the other, they only really eat meat um, for like special occasions and for oh. festivals and things. And then they don't eat beef. It's yeah. usually just chicken. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's mostly vegetarian or vegan food. The, the the vegetarian aspect is that they use eggs sometimes. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So I always found that really interesting that our culture is so consumed by eating meat for almost every meal. Every meal, that is it, isn't it? And it's just You're not completely right. It's not good for your body, one thing. And it's like the way that we farm our meat is so fucking weird. Like it's these mass industrial scales. It's horrible. Where we just get stressed out animals yeah. that we eat. Yeah, it's horrible. Holly talks about this a little bit in her guest spot, but buying more second hand and going to more charity shops mm-hmm. um, and finding more stuff to upcycle, all that kind of stuff. We've never really done that before, have we? We No, I mean mo- a lot of a lot of bees clothes, if not nearly all of them, have been second hand. Um the other stuff has been handmade. A lot of our clothes are secondhand as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm always getting stuff handed up to me from my younger siblings. <laughs> but yeah, I guess there's that that um, that thing in society where we always think we need to buy something new um, or something fresh, which is true. Like we, you know, that we go to the shiniest, newest thing, don't we? Like that's just in our culture. But it doesn't necessarily have to be brand new from a shop. It can be, yeah, you know, on eBay. Well, it can be car boot. It can be charity. I love a car boot sale. I miss car boot sales. But it's like these shoes, isn't it? I We went to Clark's, didn't we, to get her measured. And we were both like, the amount of money for these shoes that she's going to grow out of in like a matter of weeks. So I went on Depop and um, she always has secondhand shoes now. And they're great. They're fine, aren't they? Oh yeah, Depop is the one for kids' shoes, isn't yeah. it? You, you're you're being you're being hounded by the hound. The hound has come to find me. Hello, baby. You're right. Oh, you've got such a sad little face. The, I love the, you. The poopy has come. Not the poo, but the puppy. The puppy's <laughs> come for a cuddle. Oh, she's so mouthy. I guess she's heard us talking. She knows we're going to talk about eco-friendly pet ownership as our last yes, one. Yeah, it's something I really want to. Now look we've into. got now we've got a little doggy. Yeah, because um, dogs are quite. Um, quite wasteful actually I mean pets in general cats not so much because they're sort of more self-reliant I guess Mm. but dogs yeah I mean especially the market out there I mean I mean I see it all the time with work there's so so many different diets out there there's so many um, you know different 
like collars and leads and harnesses. I mean, we went into Pets at Home, didn't we? And like, there's a section for doggy wine and cake. Yeah. And it's like, why? We're putting consumerism onto our We are onto pets. our animals. Yeah, it is. It is. Animorphism at its finest. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like and the dog really does not give a fuck. No. Like, why, why waste your money? And it's also just a little fling back to my, my job. It's why um, stuff like that, I think, is also one of the reasons why we have the fattest dogs in the world, with America as a close second, and America have the fattest cats in the world, and we're a close second in regards to cats. Um because it is, it's anamorphism. We're just putting weird stuff on our animals. But it's definitely something I want to look into, a way to try and be more eco, a more eco-friendly or more sustainable pet owner. Um, diets will be a very interesting one to look into because there's a lot of so, so many diets out there at the minute. Mm. I tell you every day when I come home from work, don't I, that I'm like, oh my gosh, like this one's on this one and this one's on this one and this person wants to feed raw and this person. And it's just, it's an absolute minefield. Um, especially if, you know, you're a brand new pet owner and you have no form of nutritional training whatsoever. It's like, what? But yeah, so lots to, lots to look into, isn't there? Yeah. We've been looking at, um, a food with insect protein. We have. I can't remember what it's called. It's like Yorba or something. Yeah. Yeah. It looked um, quite good. Yeah. Obviously sustainable because mm-hmm. it's not doing that mass produced farming. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's good. Yeah. No idea. I have to keep an eye on that one. Yeah, I'd be interested to sort of see. I'll wait, I'll, I'll wait and see some reviews and studies and things, see what comes out. But, I mean, yeah. cats and dogs don't really taste their food in the same way no, that they we don't. do. No, they don't. <laughs> they they have, don't have as many taste buds, nope, dogs, don't. do they? Nope. Nope. So I believe, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I know that humans have like a ridiculous amount of taste buds in comparison to dogs and cats. Um, and to be honest, for dogs and cats, what's more important is smell. Smell will always be more important than taste to them. That's why if ever your animal's off their food, just make sure you cook them something super stanky. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I want to end on is just something that I saw on Twitter. A little, you love a bit of Twitter. It's just a TikTok video, which is how we can work together to help the environment. This is from TikTok user at Alex Engelberg. Um, and he just takes you through the things that we've got to do as humans to help the environment and stop the climate emergency. Climate change is real and it's time to go green. We gotta cut the carbon and make it clean. It'll take a little teamwork, we'll all do our part. So here's my favorite ways to be energy smart. Don't dump 2.4 million barrels of oil into the Gulf of Mexico. He's not wrong. Don't cover up research for decades that prove your industry is destroying the earth to make a quick buck. Woohoo! <laughs> metal straws! <laughs> I love a metal straw. <laughs> what he's saying there is basically, at the end of the day, we can do our things at an individual level, but the massive corporations like the fossil fuel companies that have been hiding this stuff since the 1970s, yep. they've known the effects of climate change. They've been hiding it from us. They've been lobbying politicians to get it swept under the rug. They know about this shit. They should be on fucking trial for this shit. Yep. Um, Crimes against humanity. And then, you know, things like BP dumping millions and millions of barrels of oil um, in the sea, ruining ecosystems for life, killing animals, everything. Yep. Yeah, they're just getting away with it. Yep. 
And now we're going to chat to Holly um, and start the guest spot. We're going to have a little chat with her about her personal eco journey and things she has been doing with her family. So without further ado, let's start the guest spot. Woo! Today we're joined by Holly, um, who is Rainbow Adventures over on Instagram. Um, say hi, Holly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's our special guest for today, and we're gonna do some chatting about eco living and also ask her some questions and yeah, just have a general chit chat. Sound good? <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. How are you today, Holly? Very well, thank you. Good. Do you want to give yourself a little plug? Talk about your Instagram a bit. <laughs> Um, oh god, pressure. Okay. Um, so I am at Rainbow Adventures. I am a mum of three, uh, working in Dorset as a children's mindfulness coach. And basically my Instagram is just all about visually blogging about our sustainable living lifestyle, um, eco and mindful living as well. Awesome, yeah. It's very visually pleasing. It's always like, oh, it's just so many pretty colours. The rainbow <laughs> colours are amazing. The rainbow colours are amazing. I get so attracted to it, considering, as you can probably see behind you, our house is just grey or black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that it's just so nice to see lots of colours. You're like a little bumblebee. Who, me? Yeah. But drawn to the colours, <laughs> but I just stick with my black and yellow. <laughs> totally. Oh, so sorry if you see it, if we're making noises in the background, because we have got Puppy wandering around and B is oh. currently, yeah, Puppy's wandering around and B is currently in the kitchen playing with a little sensory thing I've set up for her. So hopefully. Yeah. Soundtrack to our life. Soundtrack to our life, but hopefully we won't be disturbed too much. Oh. <laughs> awesome. So. The one of the big things of you, Holly, is that obviously you were a little bit, little bit famous recently in the uh, Daily Mail and some magazines and stuff around Christmas time, weren't you? How embarrassing! <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And do you want do you want to tell us sort of how that came about? Um, so I was approached uh, just before Christmas. I think it was because me and um, one of my Insta friends, Sarah, at uh, Raising Earth Punklings, we were running a zero waste Christmas challenge. So we, um, as you know, uh, often do like photo challenges on Instagram. Yeah. And so we set up this uh, eco, I think it was called Have Yourself an Eco Little Christmas. And there were different prompts for different weeks. <laughs> and I was approached by a freelance journalist about um, having a chat with her about our zero waste Christmas. Uh, then I had a chat with her, had a kind of <laughs> phone, phone interview. Um, and then suddenly, just before Christmas, or was it was it after Christmas or just before? It must have been just before. I think it was just before, uh, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, suddenly my name she she messaged me to say um it's going live now it's been sent to the newspapers uh the media and um she had no idea who was going to pick it up she said you know no one could pick it up or you know 10 people could pick it up um so she just said just google your name and it will come up if you know if any of them yeah. do end up uh retelling the story so um 
The first one, I think, was the sun. Yes. <laughs> um, there was a few others. I can't even remember now, but there was, yeah, three we main... Metro, didn't we? I think Metro, yeah. I think I saw it on the Metro, yeah. The rag that shall not be named. The rag that shall not be named. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Starts with a D. I already mentioned it. <laughs> I wish it was someone... At the time, I was like, I really wished it was a different kind of newspaper or, or tabloid that took hold of it but actually after speaking to a few people about it those are the people that this would be a completely alien concept to them yeah. so the typical reader of those said newspapers um are probably the kind of demographic that you want to inspire and teach about this kind of way of living really so actually I think in hindsight it was probably a good thing that those particular papers got hold of it yeah definitely yeah it was amazing I particularly liked I just yeah as you say I I love the fact that it was going to people that wouldn't usually sort of be thinking that way so yeah yeah. because you had so many lovely comments on that on some of these pages actually of people saying like good on you and things there were a few negative ones, but I mean, you get that with everything, don't oh, yeah. you? Yeah. Um, Just people and I know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, if any, if there's a, an available, you know, opportunity, people jump on it, don't they? Yeah. Um, but as you know, I think you might feel the same. In our kind of Instagram world, we kind of are in our own little echo chambers a yeah, lot totally. of the time. Really is like about getting, pushing it out there and and approaching and kind of, connecting with those that wouldn't normally find you so yeah definitely yeah so it was yeah it's pretty exciting at the time it was amazing Um, Uh, I loved it and I loved all your ideas for Christmas as well like the wrapping that I'm taking that for this year (laughs) (laughs) have you started to think about Christmas already this year I haven't actually um I the thing is about kind of the way that we do Christmas I'm I've never been one of those people that plan months ahead and because of our kind of low impact Christmas and the way we do things I don't yeah I don't really think about it until it's happening because a lot of my gifts are kind of homemade handmade um but yeah so I haven't I haven't thought about it just yet but when I do, I kind of have set myself the challenge. So I did it all on 70 something quid last wow. year. Wow. And um, eat that this year. And that was like Christmas food, lunch included. That was everything. That is awesome. Um, but also I think this year is just going to be about spending time with family because obviously we didn't get that last mm-hmm. year. So it's going to be more kind of family and presence in the actual like CE way rather than gifts and things so that will be the kind of main focus for this Christmas I think for a lot of people yeah definitely. and I think everyone's kind of expecting either shortages or, or you know anything to do with actually getting hold of stuff this year is mm. going to be really difficult so yeah. if people take a step back from that consumer ideal around Christmas they're going to get so much more out of it mm. yeah yeah I agree yeah, so it's really, yeah, about showing that it can be done. It can be done on a budget um, and there's no reason why, you know, because the people that we give gifts to, it's sometimes even more special to have something handmade or something that's really thought 
through properly. You know, we've regifted items that I've been given in the past um, that we've used or that we no longer need. And I think sometimes that is actually more thoughtful mm. than going and getting something from the shop. So, yeah. yeah. No, definitely. It was a big, big inspiration. I know this year we're going to try. I mean, last year we weren't too bad, actually, were we? I'm very, last year as well, specifically when, during the lockdown, I was very much like if I was going to buy anything, I wanted to buy it from a small business, yeah. Um, yeah. which I think is a good way of thinking. But also, you know, you don't necessarily need to buy new things, do you? Yeah, exactly. So um, obviously with our podcast, it's mainly about the weirdness of becoming parents or being parents. You've got three kids. Was there, is there something that you would say in your family is weird or surreal or that you class yourself as being a bit strange or anything like that? I would say we're a pretty weird family. (laughs) Oh, um, when I met Josh, actually, I, I mean, I've always been a bit alternative, shall we say. Mm. Um, and I think I used to have the name or my friend, my best friend still calls me it. Um, cause my surname's Barbara. And she used to call me Scatty Barb. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm like, wow, I finally met my match. I've met someone that's actually weirder than yeah. me. Um, and I was thinking about this the other day, actually, because we've got this thing in our family where we've got like nicknames for each other. Mm-hmm. And they are, I don't know how they started, probably by Josh. Um, but they're just so random. And it's not until we actually go out in public and the these words are said that we realize oh actually like that's a bit weird yeah <laughs> um I'll give you an example so um we I don't know how yeah I don't as I said I don't know how this started but we ended up calling each other schnoobs um, so it's spelled s-h-n-o-o-b um, and so now it's become a bit of a thing that if you've done something like silly or something stupid um we're like oh you're such a schnoob or <laughs> you're acting like a right schnoob that's amazing and, uh, but now the kids use it at school with their friends oh <laughs> I have no idea what they're talking about they're like schnoob but you just say it because it's just so normal for us yeah um and you know like Zach so Zach's nickname at Zachary is snackaby because he's just constantly eating snacking yeah yeah Lex is Lex has become like flexible Smee the um the acrobatic pirate I don't know how amazing yeah Um, so yes she's like flexible Shmee and um Zachary and then Knox our youngest we've called always called him Chupies um Poops (laughs) Um, it's not until you're actually out in public and you're like, chippies. Yeah. <laughs> when you're I've in the park. But, totally, um, totally feel you. We are exactly the same with weird names. So B's nickname has always been Gremmy or Gremlin. And oh. for some reason, so I will call her Gremmy Lynn. <laughs> I <laughs> and love if, that. And if I'm out and about going, oi, Gremmy, I'm sure other parents are looking at me like, oh my gosh, who's calling yeah. her child Gremlin? <laughs> name <laughs> yeah but it's the same with the cat the cat has always been sminx and yeah I take that to work with me and if I see another cat I'm like oh look at this beautiful smink and now everyone at work calls cats sminx so yeah 
<laughs> so I totally get what you mean with the weird, the weird nicknames. And it's completely normal in your house, isn't it? It's just not yeah. till you're out and about that you're like, oh, I'm sure other people must think I'm mental. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. So um, were you eco-conscious growing up or is it having kids that's made you become eco-conscious? Because I know for me, I think both me and Coop were always aware of it but hadn't really started putting things into place until we had B. Um, yeah. So was it the same for you or were you eco-conscious yeah. growing up? Um, I mean, my mum was very eco-conscious. I, but we were kind of, we lived that eco lifestyle out of necessity more so than um, like a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so she kind of made a lot of our clothes and, yeah. um, Back in the day, it was kind of zero waste stores were actually a, a thing back then. Like you'd get these big bags of uh, food that you'd go up and fill up your own bags with and things. Mm-hmm. So I kind of grew up with that as the norm. Yeah. Um, I found in my teenage years, as soon as I kind of found the world of fast fashion and fast food and just all of that kind of um consumerism that yeah. I really remember my upbringing mm-hmm. um so yeah then it kind of turned full, full circle when I became a parent really mm. um do I mean the waste is crazy um like with the with the more children you have and it was only until um I had Knox so he there's a six-year age gap between him Mm-hmm. And my young, my older son. Um, and when I fell pregnant with him, I we were kind of both determined, right, let's try and make this as low impact as possible. So that's when we kind of started um, researching cloth nappies and, yeah. uh, and sourcing everything secondhand and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's not something that I was conscious of in my younger years, Mm. but my mum definitely helped to kind of lead the way and lead by example there. So I I feel like I've become more like my mum as I've become um, than before, really. So, yeah. Oh, no, that's awesome. Definitely. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's, It's definitely hard when you become a parent not to fall into the consumerism trap. I think because there's so much stuff that as soon as you have your baby or when you're about to have your baby, it's like you need this, you need this, you need this, and you you don't you don't actually need half of yeah. it. Um, I mean, exactly. we we were very lucky; we had a lot of stuff gifted to us. Um, but even even us, I think we got sucked into the like buying things, but the stuff you need. Yeah, but cloth nappies definitely we knew we wanted to use. That was your yeah. idea, actually, which is strange considering I'm the one that's obsessed. But <laughs> it was actually your original idea, wasn't it? Oh, I was not. I was not going to do the whole disposable nappy thing. No, from the start, no. I knew that. But as in regards to sort of like growing up and things, I come from a family that I would say are very consumerist, like massive consumerists. And I think this is my this is my rebellion. <laughs> yeah. People, because you, your is your whole family vegan. No, just me. Just now. you. Okay. Okay. Is that uh is that because you're the rest of your family are not keen on it or is it there? So, um Josh has to- he's be- everyone else is vegetarian apart right. from my middle son. So I'm like very 
freedom of choice. Yeah. We've always uh, raised the children to um, be comfortable making their own decisions about things. So yeah. Lex decided at four years old that she wanted to become a vegetarian and has been a vegetarian ever since. Awesome. Um, that has flipped between the two constantly um Mm -hmm. and is now eating meat but it's only been the last couple of weeks okay for me I'm I'm really glad that he's had that choice himself you know he's made that choice forced anything on any of the children yeah um I've been splitting between veganism and vegetarianism all my life, really, I, I was a vegetarian from birth until I was about 14. Yeah. And I've been a vegan now, solidly, for about a year, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, so mixture of vegetarians and vegans in this household. Oh, amazing. And I'm vegan by default anyway, because we don't get like two of things you know yeah. so we, he, he, cook. he does most of the cooking so he will cook family meals that are all vegan so yeah yeah the majority of what he eats is ends up being vegan just by default really um people say that veganism and zero waste are almost a bit of a contradiction because um sorry a con- contradiction say the right word because you can't do it perfectly even as far as to say i think coop said he saw a tweet from a vegan influencer which was horse riding isn't vegan and have you ever found you've wrestled with that perfectionism when with you being I mean, a vegan how it when you think of things like that it's like where do you draw the line exactly you know? yeah um and yes, to a certain extent, I don't know the context of that tweet, but um, I mean, I agree, like the horse ra- racing, I really don't agree with like the whipping and the, yeah. the way that treated. And there was this, something in the news recently with the Olympics, wasn't there? Yeah. About, oh, like, it broke my heart. Yeah. There was an Olympic rider that was beating the horse because it didn't want to jump. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. In that respect, I completely agree with that. I mean, it's not vegan. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's harmful to animals. Mm. Um, but I'm so like pro doing things that are sustainable and manageable for you. Yeah. So like you could easily cut out all of these things, but then where does that leave you? You know, like you, I think of that quote, I mean, it's not quite the same, but you know, that quote of, um, don't spend too much time making a living that you forget to make a life. Yeah. It's like be so consumed by making these choices and ruling out and cutting out everything mm-hmm. that actually brings out all the joy of your life. Yeah, definitely. I think we're all just doing what we can mm-hmm. with what we are, aren't we? Yeah. Um, and like you having those meat free days in the week. I mean, it's all about doing what is actually manageable and sustainable for you because it's yeah. all about sustainable choices that you can actually keep rather mm-hmm. than doing quick fixes or things that are just you know end up making you miserable there's no point doing things um and it's like the same with the the kids being vegetarian and things um I could easily be like forcing them to yeah. all be on a budget, um because that's what I believe in mm. but then that's not what they want and they are they should have that freedom of choice and be able to make their own decisions and make their own choices so yeah well that's it isn't it as being a parent as well we raise 
you want to raise your children to be their own person and to have their own minds like mindset and way of thinking and I think yeah I'm completely with you that you have to just do what works for you I think as long as any of your decisions you're aware of the decisions you're making and the reasons behind the decision so for example like us with me we still eat meat but we're much more conscious about where it's coming from so yeah. I think yeah I completely agree with you because they want to want to raise them to make their own disorder their own choices are you gonna say hi <laughs> oh running out no. yes I know you don't no one sees her face do they so it's always Wow. Spitting image of your father, aren't you? Yes. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of a, a visual gag. A little bit of a visual gag, yeah. Sorry, the child has appeared. The child has appeared. So this episode is all about reducing your kind of impacts on the environment. Do you kind of have like three easy steps where people should start or where you started to kind of cut down on that environmental impact? Um, I actually find this question quite hard because I think what would work for me might not necessarily work for others um because you know for example um cloth nappies it might not be relevant to someone you know I really want to rave about nappies but it simply might not just be you know relevant so I think one of the biggest things for me is to always choose secondhand first so um really kind of thinking about uh your consumerism where you buy things from who you buy things from and actually thinking and finding out about um the process it's taken to get to that shop or where it is there yeah. um when you buy it um fast fashion for example is a really big thing um it's like the second biggest polluter yeah and contributor to carbon footprint in the world so i think if you're going to start anywhere it's to boycott the high street basically mm-hmm. do secondhand um i mean with everything really toys household items kitchen mm-hmm. things clothes um always try to begin with yeah second hand if you can't find it second hand um then look for those more sustainable ethical businesses but um yeah I think that's probably the biggest tip and the, the way that you can make the most difference as well because that actually it saves you money yeah um things already there you know it's already been made um and you're not supplying that demand for the for the mm-hmm. high street corporations so yeah 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 I think we mentioned that in our eco swaps episode didn't we about like fast fashion is a real bugbear for the two of us Mm. but we've been we're both the sort of people that hate have always hated shopping anyway yeah always I've always hated shopping I'm not a typical girl that could go and look around a shop for two hours we both get somewhere and go can we go and have a coffee now because this is yeah I don't, I don't see the point. And both of us have got clothes that we've been wearing since we were teenagers. Because we are the hand-me-down fine. kids. We, we are the hand-me-down kids. I get handed <laughs> down, I get handed clothes down from my younger sisters because <laughs> I refuse to buy anything new because I don't need it. Um, yeah. But no, I know exactly what you mean. It is, I think it's just making conscious decisions. And also I think what I found with us is if you just stop and think, actually, right, what do I throw a lot of, of away yeah, so like uh, the sponges. I mean, you were the king of blooming washing sponges, like the yellow and green sponges. He yeah. would stick them yeah. in the washing machine. 
over and over and over and over again to the point that I'd start cleaning the dishes and it just it just crumble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we've but we've made the switch. Oh, they're hideous things, but we've now made the switch to the unsponge, haven't we? And um the coconut scrubbers. Yeah. And they're great. Yeah. I don't know how I coped without them before. No, I know. I they're, be- know. they're better than any scour I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? I think those things like kitchen things, I think kitchen is a, a really, it's one of the most wasteful uh, rooms in the house, obviously mm-hmm. with all the single-use plastic for food and things. But actually, um, it's one of the way areas where it's quite easy to make a few simple little changes like the like how you do your dishes or um you know utensils and things like that and loose tea Mm -hmm. um I think it's easier in some ways than bathroom because I think some really struggle with the bathroom we're still yeah we've we've been trying to make a plastic free bathroom now for over a year and we're very nearly there it's a lot better than it was but at the same time, I think you don't want to throw away things that are exactly. yeah, still in use and they're absolutely fine. So I think it's a bit more of a slow process, the bathroom, definitely. Yeah. 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 But that's that's exactly what you want, though, isn't it? It's mm. using up all the things that you've already got and not just get jumping on that hype of eco life and buying yeah. all new things when you've actually got things that work. Yeah. And, yeah. But it defeats um, the point, doesn't it? It completely defeats the point if you're just going to buy new stuff anyway um so one thing that I absolutely love as well and seeing on your Instagram is how your kids get involved with all of uh-huh. like your eco mindset and your little things like I've seen like um your reels and stuff of uh on the beach like picking litter up and stuff like that yeah. have has it just been something that you've brought them up being aware of like the climate crisis and they've made that decision themselves or does one of them have a particular interest in it more than another um no, I think it's just modeling that behavior really yeah. and they've just this is all they've ever known mm-hmm. uh, uh I find it difficult actually with because my two older children have got uh another dad and mm-hmm. so they go to every other weekend and they've got a very different lifestyle right so it's really really hard actually sometimes to implement our values when there is an alternative kind of view yeah that is going to them regularly so um I think for me it's really important to just give them that information make sure they know and are aware of why we are doing these things mm-hmm. the impact that they are making but also the impact that um these other choices can have on our environment and yeah. our, our lifestyles um and I think they they love it. They they really enjoy looking for secondhand clothes and toys. Like every time they want something new or they've seen a toy that they'd like, they um their instant thing is, oh, can we have a look on eBay to see if there's a secondhand oh, one? Oh, that's brilliant. And yeah, clothes. They love going litter picking with us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and they love zero waste shopping as well. They love filling everything up and the, using the scales and things like yeah. that. So I think as long as we're just you know, having them join in with whatever we're doing, I think hopefully they'll just grow up to have the same values and, and um, yeah, hopefully it will be as, as important to them because that's mm-hmm. what I always do them. I'm like, I'm not doing this for me. I'm yeah, doing this it. for you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Hopefully oh, no. that 
will be instilled in them. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Um, how would you say, do you ever find that you deal with what we what we were discussing, sort of calling it eco-anxiety at all, where you make certain decisions and you think, oh, actually, you know, is what I'm doing a sustainable option? Or do you find that you give yourself anxiety because you feel you could be more quote unquote oh, perfect? Because I know I do all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's so hard not to when, you know, because you can't, there's no such thing as eco-perfect mm. and the guilt, you know, just going shopping in a supermarket, for example, I am walking around thinking I've got things in my shopping trolley that I actually really need. Yeah. But I'm just thinking the whole time, this is all this single use plastic that's coming into my house. Mm-hmm. But um kind of I use the technique that I use a lot with the children that I work with as a mindfulness coach and it's all about thought replacement so like it's impossible to think of a happy thought and a sad thought at the same time yeah so I kind of that in the same way as just thinking replacing as soon as I start to feel that guilt or that anxiety or that despair or thinking oh god I could have done better I replace that thought with something I have done um and it really helps actually just to keep that kind of positive mindset rather yeah. than because you just be focused on the, the negative, couldn't you? Yeah. But um, yeah, just just replacing that thought with something that you have done or something that you do every day that you don't necessarily even think about. I mean, just like simply having a water bottle, yeah. a reusable water bottle or um, things like that. Just replacing that with a positive. So what organisations and movements do you support or would say for people to get involved with um, that, yeah, you, you personally support? Uh, okay, so there's two big ones um, that is definitely are definitely worth checking out, which is Extinction Rebellion. Uh, they send, um, if you sign up through their website, they send you emails with really good um, information about their latest protests and petitions and things that you can get involved with and sign. And as well as that, there's Friends of the Earth. So uh, we donate to Friends of the Earth and then they again send really important information, just kind of um, updates and what's kind of happening in the climate action world, as well as petitions that you can get involved in um, and different things that you can donate and projects and things that they're, they're working on. So those two, um, I would really recommend kind of signing up to their newsletters, really. Awesome. No, definitely. And the protests and everything as well. Like we've said, we've wanted to go to one of the protests, haven't we? But haven't had a chance with COVID going yeah, on. We've, we've been wanting to go at least to Extinction Rebellion yeah, and to check yeah. out because or well, we've heard the atmosphere is just really nice and warm. And also it's such a crucial point in history, I think, for everyone at the moment. Like this is past that crossroads moment for everyone. And we're going to look back in 20, 30 years and say, this was a period where the action needed to be taken. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We've been, we went to a few protests before COVID. So the last one we went to was in February, just before lockdown hit. Um, and that was the enough is enough March. And, uh, the kids got involved, went to London, uh, for the weekend, they made their own banners. Um, and like you said, it's such an amazing atmosphere and you really feel like part of something, part of Mm. something that, you know, making changes. Um, and yeah, the support from people on the sides of the road kind of cheering us on. And, um, yeah. And I think it's really important that we took the kids 
to that and for them to experience that. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it must have been nice. Did you see many other kids there? Was there quite a few children? There were many as I was expecting, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, there were many more. The week after was the one in Bristol uh, mm. where Greta Thunderbird yes. came. Um, and there were loads more children there because that That's was good. like the youth climate strike. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a completely different experience again. But again, mm. uh, my old eldest, Lex, really enjoyed that. Um, and it was great to see yeah, her involved with that. Oh, that's amazing. Because my um, second cousin... Kara, uh, she's very involved in the youth climate stuff. She's been one of the speakers and things for the Salisbury movement. Um, mm. And she's, I mean, bless her, she's, how old is she now? She's just left school. So what would that make her? 16? 16, About 17. 16, 17. She's, for her age, she's amazing. It's, yeah, so proud of her. But she's, shout out Karis. Shout out Karis if she ever listens. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's, yeah, she does a lot of um, the public speaking and stuff for the youth climate at Sol- in Salisbury. It's incredible, like seeing the stuff that kids are doing. Like when I, if I think back to how I was at that age, I'm I'm just in awe of oh, yeah. so many. They're doing amazing things. You know, people starting up their own kind of low waste businesses and being the voice of climate action. It's just yeah. incredible. It puts us adults to shame, really. Doesn't oh, it? massively. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. At the age of 15, 16, I, I was we were in a field getting drunk somewhere. I know that's awful to say. Yeah. That's Dying pretty much what field. we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love, yeah. especially the younger generation, how they they're kind of leading the way on like rejecting older ways and rejecting yes. older ways of consuming. Mm. That mindset yeah. of like we've always done it this way, so we should continue to do it this way. They're actually challenging it, which is such a nice change yeah. isn't it yeah. I, yeah I think I think there's some of the older generation that it really does point put their nose out of joint a little bit but it's it's needed it's clearly needed it's positive it's positive yeah, yeah it's positive no mm-hmm. amazing thank you so much for um joining us today Holly and thank you so much for your patience as well with all the technical difficulties and the child and the puppy running around it's there's it's not a secret basically that I was running around in the background and trying to sort the dog and the baby out (laughs) yeah if you wonder why Coop was silent for like 80% of that that's because he was just running around the garden (laughs) puppy attached to his leg child going daddy daddy pick me up pick me up (laughs) trying to feed me chickpeas trying to feed you chickpeas from her sensory kit (laughs) the reality of family life it is yes exactly (laughs) that's what we're all about isn't it um but yes so only one more thing that I would like to mention is that Coop is a massive fan of your bus conversion that you're currently in the process of doing. And he keeps checking for updates, don't you? I do. Um, yeah. I mean, if everyone gets a chance, do check out Holly's um, story highlights because mm. they've got the bus conversion on there. And it's yeah, something to behold, isn't it? It's so <laughs> yeah. cool. Hopefully there'll be some more updates to it soon. There haven't been for quite some time, but um Hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we'll be cracking on with it again. So um, yeah, watch that space. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> no, definitely. Thank you so, so much, Holly, for, um, for joining us. Where can we check Thanks you out, so- Holly? At Rainbow Adventures, but the rain- the bow spelled in rainbow, B-A-E-A-U, which confuses a lot of people. Um, and you'll find me there. And then I've got a link uh, tree, um, link in my bio. So you can find my blog and everything in there too. Perfect. Amazing. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. 
quick, quick technical break. So I'm just trying to balance the dog and the... What's the baby? Well, does, does Blake want to come in here and have a snack? <laughs> daddy, daddy. <laughs> the puppy's chasing his feet. The child's hanging off of him. It's, it's been great. It's, it's... <laughs> Thank you for your patience. I'm so sorry. <laughs> The conversation's good, I'm listening. It's life, isn't it? Yeah, it's never smooth. Never smooth.